Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for being here, sisters. We appreciate you and want to welcome you to our, this is um, week nine of Mom Power. It's kind of a bonus meeting lesson. We're going to do something kind of fun today, and I'm excited about it. I'm going to turn the time over to BJ for some announcements and information that will help us. Thank you, BJ. Yeah, yes, you're welcome. So thanks for joining us to get the announcements. That's so nice. And it's so fun to see some faces. Thank you. And thank you gals for being here. We just want to recognize that all of us moms, we're, we are down in the trenches, right? And we're, we are, we're in the trenches and we're, we're doing this. And some of it is heavy and difficult. And even if our kids are no longer at at home. Sometimes it's heavy and challenging, but there is just so much hope all around it. And especially when we stay focused on the Savior, it's just, it's the only way to do it and have hope in the middle of it. And so, so grateful for the reminder that this class is. And in case you're, we've had the eight lessons in this series that we've had the live discussions on Tuesdays to complement those. And today's meeting is like Karen said, going to be kind of a team mom power mastermind where we kind of put all of the pieces together and get to see what it looks like for some of our team mom power groups. So if you've been taking this, you might've heard about this already, but we do have smaller groups of women that meet each week that take the principles that we have been learning here and the tools and apply them in smaller groups. Karen's going to be showing us a little bit about how that works today. And if that's something that you're thinking, I would love to do that and get in smaller groups and keep practicing these and kind of go to the next level on them, then we will let you know how you can do that. And you can always go to motherswhoknow.org to find that team mom power link to be able to look at that and register for that. But we wanted you to know about that. And also, we just want you to know that Karen Broadhead, sometimes she doesn't even mention what she's up to or what she's doing because she thinks everybody knows already. But we just want you to know that as the director of Mothers Who Know and being a parent support specialist for over a decade with life-changing services, she's just come to just mothers and also just a a person that points to the Savior and brings him and his words and his work into everything she does. It makes all the difference. It's exactly what is needed for us and for the world. And we just appreciate her always pointing that direction. And so thank you so much, Karen, for what you do and where your heart is. We just really feel that and appreciate it so much. And just to for everyone to know this where we're kind of wrapping up this series of this, these mom power live lessons on Tuesday, we want you to know that you are just so welcome to take mom power as often as you would. So all you need to do is just register again. You can, you can do that by going to mompowertraining.org and do it as many times as you would like. This is, I don't know how many times I've done this, but there's always something to learn. And we just so appreciate linking arms with all of you women. It makes it, it makes it so neat. We want you to know that we're sponsored by life-changing services and we just really appreciate their support and help as far as just giving us a place to have a platform and a, a voice here. They are a company that has Latter-day Saint therapists and professionals that provide gospel-centered training and healing. You can find out more about them at lifechangingservices.org. We just invite you to do that. And also just know that if this, the only thing that you know about this mom power training as far as mothers who know, please go to motherswhoknow.org where you can see that 
just an awesome faith-filled online gathering place for women where we, our goal is for all of us to find connection, support, training, and hope. And there's lots of different classes and trainings and um, podcasts that you're able to find and use there. And most of those are free. And so we're so happy to be able to offer that as well. We just love having you here. So one exciting thing that we just want you to know about before we get started here today is a webinar series called Stay by the Tree that happens in the three weeks in between each of our Mom Power training series. And so the next one is starting next week. Thanks so much, Karen. Oh, this is so exciting. So we've got a lot of things going on, but it's going to be fun today to just see how we can pull those mom power tools and principles that we've been learning and listening to over the past several weeks and just help to tie them together and see how we can work with smaller groups and keep doing this if you'd like to. So anyway, thanks so much for being here, everyone. You add so much. Thank you so much. Good morning. I'm so glad you're here and so grateful for the time that we've had to spend together. If you participated in the mom power training for the last eight weeks, like BJ said, it's free and you can take it as many times as you want. And the reason it's free and we want to make it available is because the information there is just so wonderful for every woman and mom to have no matter what stage you're at. It's just really helpful to know the principles in our mom power training as they apply to what you're trying to accomplish with the things you care so much about. And so you can join us and share the mom power training. That would be so great. And if you're like me, you just need to hear it again and again, because then it reminds you, oh yeah, that's what I'm trying to remember. So I'm grateful today we have something fun. And usually this ninth week, For the last two or three rounds of Mom Power, we've had a mock, like a, let us show you what a team Mom Power meeting, a group looks like, what we do there. And this time I just felt it would be important for us to just cover a piece of what we do in our Mom Power training and not, it is so you can see, hey, this is one of the powerful pieces that will happen if you join one of the teams for there's three of them. There's one on Tuesdays at 1.30, Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. and Thursday morning at 10 a.m. And so I just want you to, to understand there's a piece of that meeting where a member of our team will come and they just know that today I have the mastermind question. So they come with a question to pose to the whole group. And then we all just meet her right where she's at. And we just with our caring hearts and just wanting to be helpful and understanding that, yeah, there are so many things we are not sure how to navigate in our stewardships as moms and wives and women and church callings, just tons of things. And so she'll ask her question and then we'll give her feedback. So today, that's what we're doing in our meeting today. Several women have some questions and we are going to have a mastermind. Yeah, mothers, you know, mastermind like we do in our team, Mom Power. And so I've invited several women to ask a question. And some of them said, I have a question. And two of them are here in person. And one of them is not. And I don't think we maybe won't even get to three because it does take some time because everybody cares so much. So here's how this works. First, I want to tell you kind of the value of a mastermind and why it's so incredibly important. So recently, the BYU Women's Conference, you know, convened online and it was 
really cool to watch if you saw it went and registered and watched those or got to go to the little bit that they had in person. But one of the things that they that they did was, in essence, have a mastermind with the auxiliary, the women, the women's auxiliary leaders. They had someone who was posing questions, and then these women would share from their heart and the spirit and their experience, their response to that question. And sometimes they just used things from that were coming to their mind and heart. And other times they pulled out their scriptures and shared something that came to mind. But each time one of them spoke, it was to assist the woman who was asking the question. But powerful thing that happens is it assists everyone who's listening and something wonderful happens. One, the woman who asked the question feels accepted and loved and cared for, even though it's super hard to admit. I don't really know what I'm doing because that's what it feels like you're doing when you ask a question. I don't really know what I'm doing. And I'm afraid to reveal to you that I don't know what I'm doing. But when you recognize like we do in our team mom power groups, nobody has all the answers. And we have so many more answers when we collaborate and help each other. The other powerful thing that happens in a mastermind is the, the women who are answering the questions, things are just brought to their hearts and their minds, and they share and articulate what's coming up for them to share with their friend that they care about here. And it's like they recognize, because a lot of us in our stewardships think, I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't know. I don't know anything. It's just a big mess. And it's revealed that I kind of know some stuff. Like all this mess is teaching me some stuff. I know some stuff. And That's so cool that my experience of knowledge and the personal revelation I'm getting that I've been kind of telling myself I'm not getting any, that I don't know anything. That's revealing to me. I am learning from this and I am understanding better. And so to hear yourself say it and share it, it's just so powerful to recognize we're all receiving personal revelation, whether we admit it or not happening because we are having a life and we love our heavenly father and his plan. And we believe in the savior who helps us work that plan. So here's what sister Eubank said from the women's conference. She said, I would encourage any of you to find a couple friends, sit down and talk about your questions and access the power of the Holy Ghost. I hope you can duplicate what you have felt among us here today. So she's just saying, this is a great thing to do. Sister Craig added, we need each other and we need Jesus Christ. He is the answer to every question and every concern. And then one last one. Okay, here I go. This is from Sister Aburto. I think that's how you say her name. But she says this, she says, as we work in unity, our purpose will be to look for and do the Lord's will. As we look, as we work in unity, Our purpose will be to look for and do the Lord's will. Our incentive should be the love we feel for God and for our neighbor. And our greatest desire should be to labor diligently so we can prepare the way for the glorious return of our Savior. We will be able to do so with one accord. She has these wonderful things about one accord. And I will come back to this one if we have time. So he has our first question and I'm going to share with you, first of all, how a mastermind, the rules, because there's some rules to a mastermind. And you need to know these because when these are followed, a mastermind really works really well. And if they're not, then it can be kind of tricky to ever get through a mastermind. So I'm going to see, here we go. 
And I have to tell you that if you don't keep these rules, then I get to say, oh, you are so awesome. And I think you forgot the rule. And so I'm just going to remind you of the rule. So here's how it works. If you were in Team Mom Power today and you had the mastermind question, you would share your declaration of truth, something true about you, because it's called the My Truth Mastermind, reminding us of our Mom Power calendar. What question would you like to ask the team? Be anything. So here's the rules. The person asks the question, number one. Number two, the group can ask a clarifying question if they have any for the person that asked the question. So us listening who aren't asking the questions think, do I have any clarifying questions for her? And we ask them. And then she will answer the clarifying questions. And then the person who's asking the question is required to mute themselves and they can't talk anymore. So as the people are helping and giving feedback, it decreases the thoughts that we have that are like, oh, I already tried that. Oh, I know what you mean, but I don't mean that. I mean this. You're trying to want to explain further. And your goal with the muted, with mute on is to just be having a notepad and a pen. And all you're doing is noticing what comes to your heart and what comes to your mind from anything that anyone said. It might be something they said exactly, or just a thought comes to your head, but you're just taking notes on things that are coming to you. And then after everyone has a chance to answer, then you can share just a Today, we're going to say just one takeaway. You're not going to explain any more of your story. You're just going to share one takeaway or one inspiration that you had. And then there you go. Okay. And yeah, a lot of times we run short. So we share in a group meetup. So does that make sense? Here we go. She has a family and some jobs this morning. So she gets to go first. Let's see. Are we, do we do we have it like that? Yep. Okay. So I start with my declaration. Oh, that'd be cool. Or is that part of it? <laughs> yes. I would love you to do that. Let's do that. <laughs> One of the declarations I've been doing is the first paragraph of the young woman theme. So it is, I'm a beloved daughter of heavenly parents with a divine nature and eternal destiny. My question is, I was listening to in the mom power, the third lesson, just notice. And you talked a lot about letting the children drive, let them take the lead. It's their life. And I shouldn't step in and take over. And I really like that thought. I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And so I'm trying to find the balance between letting them have their agency, learn what agency is, let them choose, and also disciplining and teaching them. And so my husband and I, we go back and forth, you know, we're trying to find what would happen or what would be best for our family and for our boys, but we're having a really hard time finding that balance. So that's my question is how do we continue to teach and discipline and teach them about agency and consequences without stepping in, like controlling everything, because it's very easy since they're little. And especially with screaming and yelling, that's very hard. And we don't quite know the balance. What an awesome question, right? How relevant is that? Okay, ladies, does anyone have any clarifying questions? You can throw them in the chat or raise your electronic hand or your real hand or just unmute yourself. There's no no right way to just say, I have a clarifying question. Does anyone have a clarifying question? All right. Okay. So the question is tricky, right? It's very important. It's hard. So tricky. Do you have any children? I guess this is one of my questions. Do you have any children that behave in a way that increases your emotions to a high level? Like you have a strong response. It's hard to be calm because they, yeah, their pattern is, I don't know how to be calm. I just always go to 60. 
not zero. Like, do you have that going on? Yes, it does seem, and especially lately where I'll say, hey, you need to go in timeout for one minute or whatever. And then it just escalates to, or we shut a door or something. And then it just escalates to screaming, tantrum. And then it's hard for me to stay calm, you know, and we just totally cycle. Okay, so good. Now, gals, from our experience and just what's coming to our mind from things that we've learned, things that we felt or experienced ourselves, something to relate. You don't have to have the right answer. It doesn't even have to be her solution, just meeting her where she's at. So it's not, what are some thoughts that you would share about her question? The best thing that's worked for me so far is to remember that small children and then age appropriate as you go can only handle so much information so when they escalate ask the spirit every day to help you find two things you made this or you made this and make those things something not like you can get a spanking or you can this or you can you know you but two other things, you may go play or you may sit quietly, you can play with your sister, or play with just these toys or have a, a section or maybe they play by themselves for a little while because being punished for having feelings is an escalation. Like we feel punished and we escalate when we don't feel heard. And when children don't feel heard, the only thing they know is to escalate because that gets them attention which makes, it makes sense, right? So I have found, and like my daughter, she's going to do it her way, whether I'm watching or not. Like the consequence will be this, like you're going to fall on your head or you're going to end up whatever the consequence is. And if, if you focus on those consequences, the spirit will guide you per child. I have two completely different children. One is like, it was me. I did it. I'm so sorry. I'm like, you weren't even here. And then my other kid will be like, yeah, it was him. Like, it was totally you. So they're, I'm like, ah, so trying to be their mom has been really hard. So I focus a lot on you made this or you made this. And then they only have, they still get to make a choice, but it's within the confines of what our value system is. And that's helped a lot because screaming kids takes my emotions to a place that can't function. Some that come here that don't have a value system at all they just scream and they get what they want it's like scream scream here's this but learning like, the value of language and talking do you feel angry do you feel happy do you feel and helping them with that but that's something that's worked for me because the screaming and the door shutting that that's something i can definitely relate to and I always pray in the moment i never have get, taken that I, I kind of feel like i have to go pray and then come back but you can pray in the moment when your emotions are really high and when your emotions are struggling to to kind of push satan out and pull heavenly father back in i do that too i'm just gonna pray here for a moment while i think in my head and it's not as official as kneeling forks great thank you awesome that's so helpful what else this is a little trickier because we have a whole meeting of women right so bj go for it yeah i just wanted to see karen could you just state that what awesome question was just one more time so we can put it in the chat and have people I was thinking that it was kind of the balance between we're supposed to kind of let go of the rope and stay in our lane and all that as parents but how do we balance that with we also are in charge of teaching and you know that kind of stuff do you mind just yeah. clarifying that and then yeah, and then I just I do have a quick thought too to add, would you, would you either type that in the chat, Karen, or just share it out loud? No, I'm going to ask you to do it. I'm breaking okay. the rules. Go oh. ahead. Yes. So finding the balance between letting my boys use their agency to make their choices while teaching them about discipline. And these are our family rules. You need to follow them and then following up with the 
correct consequences without overstepping their agency, if that makes sense. Okay, you're really a good rule breaker. You did a great job. Thank you. Okay, BJ, you have something to share. Do you want to, do, we'll give you a minute. Does somebody else have a, something to share? What are some of your experiences? I'm thinking of experience I had when my child was much younger and how the only thing that came to my mind was to sit on them, just sit on them. Like I, it was just so high and I didn't know what else to do because they wouldn't do what I wanted them to do and what I told them to do. And the only thing I could think to do was just sit on them. And yeah, I, you just get to this place where you're like, I kind of have lost my mind. I wasn't quite, yeah. And still to this day, that child is now 32. But still to this day, we talk about that. Remember when you sat on me? I totally remember you sitting on me. And I'm like, yeah, I really regret that now, like a lot. So one thing I would share is navigating this space, especially with little kids and heightened emotions and this space of, it's hard to communicate with you because I want to communicate where I'm at up here on an adult, I'm going to tell you stuff. And so I really did appreciate the thought of they don't think like us, process like us, understand like us. And so to give a lot of grace to that space, but so good. BJ? Yeah, I think that is that question has been one for all of us that this has been one to wrestle with. And as I started learning some of these principles and maybe was feeling like this too, in the beginning, I just kind of thought, does that mean... I just sit over here and kind of watch their lives like a movie. Cause I, it's not me, you know, it's they're in charge, their choices. I, I just, I don't do anything. You know, they, they start as, and, and that's not what it, it meant, but I, I just wondered where, where, how does that work? But I just feel like that, you know, when babies are born or kids are born, we decide everything. We decide if they go to church, we decide what they eat, we decide, and then they transition through their life to, no, I decide everything, you know, and if I have a teenager in my home that says, I'm going to leave right now, even if I say, no, you're not going to leave right now, they might just stand up and leave, right? What do I do with some of those things? And as young kids and like these young kids that are in Heidi's home and, and anyway, I just, I loved what came to my mind when I asked the question was what John Lund mentioned. I think his book is called how to hug a teenage porcupine. And we like to talk about him a little bit. I just love some of his thoughts on things, but he talked about in that book, is it a book or is it a, I listened to it on audio, but he was saying, you know, the boundaries we have as parents aren't so much what other people are going to be doing. Like you are not going to walk out of this house, but what we're going to do. And I, I had to really think about that. Like, what does that mean? That means I'm not in charge of every, you know, how you're going to respond, whether you're going to yell or scream or throw a tantrum, but I am in charge of what, you know, what I'm going to do. Like if you walk out of the house and take the car, you'll no longer be able to use our insurance. You know, that's what I'm going to do. Or if you choose not to do the chores today, you just won't be able to play until you you do or, or what, you know, there are some boundaries, there are some rules, but I loved that. Just that concept of not so much of you will not, you will stop screaming right now, or you will share with your brother right now. You're going to have to choose whether you share or not, but 
if you choose not to, I'm going to have to have your choice not be available the rest of the day, you know, or I don't know exactly how that fits in every situation, but I love that perspective. It helped me a lot with where my lane was and where somebody else was and where I can still have influence and I still parent but I don't override everything. So good. It makes me think about how really the thing that's frustrating me so much is like I mentioned, the disappointment I have in myself because I didn't know what to do. You know, I feel disappointed in me. And I, that's something I, that came to my mind too, is if I can really communicate to the Lord about my frustrations and what I'm trying to learn to manage inside of me when those things happen, and then how to show up in a better way so that they're over there having their experience and it is hard to watch. And there are feelings I'm having about it. And there are things I need to say about it, but in order to do it in a good way, I've got to manage me better. You know, I have to manage me better. And sometimes the only way to do that is to get all of the stuff that I really want to do, like sit on people and yell or force or all that kind of stuff. Give it like talk to God about it. I want to do this. That's not okay. I know that's not okay with you. It's not okay with me either, but yet I do that and I don't want to do that, but I think I'm going to need your help because I need to be enabled more by the spirit here in this situation. So when I start to lose my mind, what can I do to regain my mind so that I can show up with my heart? Because especially with little kids over and over and over again, like several times a day, those things are going to come up, right? So you can just be thinking, oh my gosh, this is the worst. And I'm terrible at this job. When I think you can feel like this does feel hard. And I recognize that this is kind of a normal thing to be going on. But the thing that makes me afraid or scared or want to quit or think I'm not good at this has so much more to do with me and what I either I need more information, you know, so I can have more skills with this or I need to be when it's all said and done, I need to feel proud of myself that I showed up in that situation in a way that, you know, it wasn't completely gorgeous, but I feel pretty good about that. That's kind of what I was trying to do, even if it doesn't unravel the exact way you'd love it to. Because I think we think success is our child doing what we say. Success is our child stopping that or starting that. When really, I think success is just a consistent message that is clear that they can understand at the level they're at. And then us feeling afterwards like, okay, that was real. That wasn't easy. But for the most part, I'm improving at this. I'm handling me better so that this mess doesn't scare me as much. Because what scares me is when I've lost my mind and I can't even remember at what point I lost it. So you're up. So I've been having multitudes of thoughts through this thing. So I've been having this discussion with my husband recently about our kids. And I've got, my oldest is 14, my youngest is one, you know, so I've got the range. And on top of them all just being different and having to relate to them differently, being able to find that balance is just difficult. It's difficult for one, it's difficult for, because they all are so very different. And some of them do trigger us a lot more than so true. They're all different. And and some of them do trigger us more than others. And what I've been discussing with my husband is the long term, like on a day to day basis, it's easy to lose track of what your goal actually is. 
you know, you get you get caught in the doing the chores and doing the dishes and keeping the floor cleaned up and things like that and keeping them from climbing the furniture. And, but if you're really looking at it, there's an end game. You know, the goal is to get them to be decent, humble, wonderful, spectacular adults. And beyond that, to get to the Celestial Kingdom. And when I keep that in mind, which is kind of difficult some days, it's a lot easier to be like, okay, well, you could climb the furniture, but if you did that, you could fall and hurt yourself. You know, that's the natural consequence. I I remember vividly having a conversation with my, at the time, six-year-old, and he wanted to know why we had to go to church. His question was, why do we have to go to church? And I said to him, well, we don't have to go to church, but I have noticed that when we do, our family gets along better. The spirit is in our home. Things things go better. And so even at six years old, he could say, okay, well, I don't want to, and I guess I don't really have to, but mom's saying there's a good thing, so maybe I'll go with it, you know? And children are very, very perceptive to our thoughts and feelings about things. And if we let them know that there is always a choice, but there are also consequences and what some of those consequences could be, they pick up on that. They start understanding that there are better ways to do things. So I just have this torrent of stuff going through my head, but I think I should stop there. Oh, good. Thank you so much. I see your hand if you're on. All right. Well, first of all, I echo a lot of what was said. And and the the thing that's coming to mind is I I love uh, John Lund's, all of John Lund's work. So anything you can read by him, oh my God, he's just incredible, especially for boundary setting and, and so on. But I think of ourselves, and especially now that I'm an empty nester and all my children are grown, I think of I think of the example I set and I think, oh, if I could have just been had more, even more grounded in really who I was and had a real, just a better sense of my own identity and taken better care of myself in the process. But the first thing, as I said, what came to mind was Stephen Covey's admonition of, of how it starts is how it's going to end. So if you go in yelling and screaming, it's going to end up yelling and screaming. And, and so I, I think about that, that, you know, however, however incidents are handled, think about how Think of, you know, the old keeping the end in mind. And, and Heather talked about that a little bit. You know, what is our ultimate goal? What are we trying to achieve? And all the other echoes of, of young children. I think for the most part, I think even Heavenly Father knows that most of us like structure. We like knowing. It does, we don't always have to agree, but we like knowing what's coming. And I think there's there's been great strides in like bringing kids to the doctors. The doctors at least talk to the kids now and say, this is what's going to happen and this is what's going to feel like and so on. It doesn't change the outcome, but at least helps them prepare. And so as much as you can do that emotional intelligence for them, like, oh yeah, this is really hard. And oh, this makes, I see this makes you so mad. And and so on. But in order to do that, in order to be that present for them, you have got to do have a really tremendous self-care program as a mother, because I think we wake up depleted. We go to bed depleted and and we have empty buckets to give people things from. You know, it's almost like, oh, I I feel like sometimes I would feel like I have nothing left to give. I mean, you know, where's, you know, Where's my fuel? So just taking the five minutes a day sometimes to go for a walk. In fact, I just put it away. I had a list of things. But make a list that they make your heart, you know, if you play the piano with five minutes sitting at the piano. And the thing is, that as, as your children see you taking care of yourself, that sets such a good example. And don't ever think you're being selfish because, you know, in order to be the kind of mother they need and that you want to be, you've got to be feeding and supporting yourself. 
And really, no one else can do this for us. I mean, we've really got to be making ourselves happy and joyful and to be able to do all things cheerfully the way the Lord has asked us to do. But that means eating well. That means not skipping meals. That means not eating snack foods for meals. That means drinking enough water. That means going for a walk. And one of the things with boys is boys are so much more physical than girls. Get them out of the house. One of the things that I think is really sad about our culture today is kids don't play outside like they used to. I mean, you know, luckily, you know, they have you know, trampolines everywhere now and, and so on. But boys need physicality. They need a project. Even if it's just one day you have them hammering nails into a piece of wood and the next day you have them taking the nails out. They just need to be doing something. They're so very different than boys, than girls. And this is just reality. The world has tried to make us believe that boys and girls are the same. They're not. They're not at all. Their brains are, men's brains and women's brains are so different. They're just so different. So please, you know, give yourself permission, you know, and see if you've got a little person in your arm. Relish that time, you know, use that time. It's also a time you can bring another child in, at least when I was nursing, I used to be able to sit down with my four-year-old and say, let's read a book together. We would read entire books. And luckily he liked to read. I mean, you know, he liked to have stories read to him and he, he learned to read early, but you know, we would read entire books because I was sitting with the baby and that was also enjoyable for me, but keep yourself, don't put yourself in the equation throughout all, in all your prayers, ask the heavenly father, in terms of how to take care of yourself too. You know, what do you need to do for you so that you can come with your identity, with setting the kind of example you want to accept? Because the other thing that's going to happen is you're going to set an example for these young men, when they get to be young men, they're going to look for a, a woman that exemplifies the traits of their mother. Believe it or not, I mean, they're, they're going to, you know, if you've set up such a good example for them, and I think Karen, I think your story of sitting on this child is just delightful because it shows your humanity. And this this little boy always this boy remembers that. And and maybe he doesn't even remember what he had done, but he remembers you sitting on and he remembers that that was the only way or whatever that you know that you loved him enough. I mean, because you weren't beating him, you were you know just just made sure he didn't go anywhere. That was an evidence of love for him. And I think you know that we have in our scriptures to do all things with love. You know, keep things. You know, keep love in your mind when you're doing, when we've got it in our scriptures that, you know, when you've been angry, then to show an increase of love. And I think that has to happen for us too. I think when we've had a really hard time, we've got to show an increase of love for ourselves too. And that's the big thing that I, as, as an older woman, I've really really believed in, and I wish I had an older woman telling me that when I was young with my family saying, look, you need to do this because I I literally ran myself into the ground some days and that didn't help anybody. So I send you lots of love. I, I, you know, I want you to be able to enjoy this journey you're on with your family. It is, you're doing the most important work on the planet, just the most important work. What you're doing is so valuable. Raising a human being is just, I, there's nothing else. There's nothing else like it. And I'm, I'm grateful that we ha- we get these messages that tell us the importance of motherhood. And we usually get them at least once every six months in conference somewhere. And how important it is to be a woman and not a woman trying to be a man, but a woman, because we just don't want to do that. That's not how we were designed. That's not, we've got so many gifts and talents of women. So thank you. Yeah. Just to close out on your question, I truly think we could keep going with your question because 
it's fun how you notice the energy start getting people or more things are coming to people's minds and they want to share. So if something's coming to your mind, sisters, would you put it in the chat? Because even if she has to leave our meeting, she can get the chat, what you put in the chat. So, but I loved thought of our capacity. I think just because, I don't know, for some reason, we think mothers are supposed to have all the capacity that they need, right? Of course you can do this. You're the mother. Of course you're amazing at it because you're the mother. Of course you're going to figure this out because you're the mother. But I think underlying all of those things is, I don't feel amazing. I don't, I don't know how to figure this out. I don't know if I'm doing this right. I'm noticing that some days I'm wondering who gave me this job? I don't really like this job. This is a really hard job because it's hard for me to feel successful here. Even though I know how important it is, even though I love where I'm at, it's really difficult. So to just give yourself some grace that your capacity is your capacity and it's not going to look like anyone else's. It's going to look like your capacity and that's okay. That's okay for you to be where you're at. And then also to consider whether to ask for more assistance or put something in place that will help you increase in your capacity or be more patient with yourself. But one thing I have to say loud and clear, and it is that you're doing a really good job. You're doing a really great job. And none of us can even see what you're doing other than what you're so beautifully doing now. But we know that you are trying to come from a place of, I care deeply. I have a desire to get it right. And that if that's true, which I know it is, it's just so important to know that you care so deeply about it, to know that Heavenly Father's work, whose it is, it's His work, right? And we're kind of children raising children, really. And it's his work to help us all. It is amazing to me to know this, that even my weaknesses where I lacked capacity have blessed my children, whether it taught them what not to do ever, or it showed them that things could get better and we can keep moving kind of a thing. But yeah, it doesn't have to look perfect. It just has to look like I care I'm trying. And the last thing, the most loud thing we should hear is those lies that come in our heart and mind from the adversary that tell us we we don't care. Tell us we don't know. Tell us it doesn't matter because it's so challenging. So thank you for your question. Thank you so much for sharing your desire to do something amazing because it is so amazing what you're doing. We love you. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. You're welcome. Okay. We're going to, we're going to shift to a new question. So as a question, here we go. Yeah. So I think that what we just talked about kind of transitions into what I'm about to ask, because I have been trying to tackle that question first, because as a mother in my family, I want to be different kind of mother than the mothers in my immediate family. And when I have to go to family gatherings or any place where my family is, the women in my family are fierce. It's my way or the highway. I'm stronger than you. I have a better job than you. I'm but so nice, but I'm so nice. And it's okay that you don't really have a job and you're just a mom. Or, you know, it's like the backhanded comments of, well, you will understand because and it just seems like there's always this 
put down that until I started this program and tried to get right intentionally instead of just accidentally because we always pray right but now we have more tools so as I'm learning to be the kind of mom that gives my kids the choices and I have to be around my family where their children are more like don't tell mom she'll be mad or my family is telling my kids don't tell your mom she'll be mad or we just won't tell your mom and there's this dynamic where I'm learning to hold mine and be a good example to my children say they're wrong I'm right but more kind of maintaining that peace trying not to defend myself the way Satan would want me to because being a mom is the work and we've said that a lot this class, but that's not the global thought. And so as I try to maintain that relationship with my family, because I want to be a good example to them, and I don't want my testimony to be in their face, but I want my testimony to be an example. But it's hard because I have emotions. I have a little bit of dignity, and I don't want my children to be influenced in the wrong ways. So my question, and I hope that's enough information because I do have a great family they're very great but when trying to maintain the gospel sometimes it gets a little tricky I often find myself holding the line when my immediate family denies the spirit I often quiver and strain and stretch as I dig my heels in and fight to keep moving forward as an example to them I worry that instead of appearing to have a good courage to be not afraid or dismayed like in Joshua 1 9 as, which is my truth, and that I am enough that I look like a hypocrite and weak in my testimony as I have kind of blocked away from some of the patterns of our family and some of the things that they indulge in that I don't partake in anymore. How can I show, show more strength in these moments and create a loving environment instead of contention when I feel so weak myself? So as I try to be a better mom, to be a better example, follow the word of wisdom, to not yell, to give two options of good and let them make a decision instead of being forceful and saying you have to do it this way to to kind of create that environment for everybody where it's not contentious i don't know if that makes sense your question is not that how do i show up with a testimony when my family can make me feel less strong in that when i'm around them that's not your question your question is I am strong where I'm standing. I've made a commitment to show up in this way, but because they're still where they are and awesome, and I need to be where I'm at, how how do I do that in a way that my emotions don't get triggered? Like they're being disrespectful. They're not, they're not honoring where I'm at. They are doing things that make me feel like I have to hold a line, right? And I think the biggest part for me is I don't, I get, it's like being put down. And for, especially before I had children and I have an eight and a 10 year old, I didn't really care that they put me down. I just kind of shrugged it off. But I worry that my kids are going to grow up watching this and not seeing me defend myself the way that I should and the way that I would as a daughter of God, not just as my dad's daughter or a sister, but as a daughter of God. And it's hard to shift myself away from all of my titles of aunt and mom and see, because you're fiercely reconnected to all these people, you have relationships, and it ties all that in to very emotional things, where in reality, I'm trying to pull away and say, I'm just simply a daughter of God. That's my job. 
I am his daughter, and they're my family, but they're also just my sisters and brothers, kind of like that. How can I be a good example for my prosperity, not just, and not let Satan use that against me on each individual? Because that's, I think, the spirits that get me is there's so many intimate connections that I have that I've worked so hard over the last 20 years, because most of my niece and nephews are older now, that I don't want to my kids to look at and say oh this is how grown-ups act this is how teenagers act like, no 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 that's a missionary like the missionaries like <laughs> this is how i want you to think that this is how people act but we still love these people too but that's not really how we treat mom that's not how we treat our aunts you know we don't get mad and stop talking to each other for six months so okay does anyone have any clarifying questions thanks hello can you guys hear me oh hello yeah yes i just joined somebody gave me them this website and Good. because i have been having trouble with my son i just caught him two weeks ago and um, watching pornography well i didn't caught him i just find out and then i confronted him and he um he admitted it and he's only 12 well welcome we're so glad you're here i'm so glad too are there any other moms here that have how that experience like that? Well, you know what? I am i didn't quite catch your whole question, but I think you just asked a question about a 12-year-old. Is that right? Yes. I have a son that um, has been watching okay. pornography and yeah. not for long. He was only watching it for, I think, like four or three months yeah. before I caught it. Yeah. And I was just wondering if there are other moms in this group that have had a similar experience and are working through it uh, or maybe they have had success helping their child and the child is now grown up I guess I guess I want hope I want okay. to know that something can, can be done okay so I'm going to invite you we have a meeting it's called warrior mothers you know and I want you to bring that exact issue to that meeting because that meeting is full of mothers like every single one of them who have, who can relate to that experience. Oh, this meeting, this meeting is not for that. No. Well, this meeting has lots of those moms in it too, but right now we're just doing something called a mastermind and just ask a question and we're all going to give some feedback on. Okay. What was the question? Yeah. Okay. You're on again. Okay. Here we go. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. So as I try to hold the line, to be a daughter of God around a family who doesn't have or follow the same value system as I do. I'm working on ways to pull and be an example as a daughter of God, as a daughter of our Heavenly Father, and try to eliminate the, the emotional connections with each individual person as my children are around these people who don't always follow our value system. So they say, you don't have to listen to your mom Oh, your mom's just overreacting. Well, she doesn't. And and I want to be able to stand up for myself and have, be respected by my children and teach them to stand up for themselves without being like, we don't act like that. We are, we are of this religion or, you know, we're members of the church and we just don't do that. I want it to be more of a natural spirit guided stand up rather than I'm not going to be treated that way. Because it's kind of, and recently my grandfather passed away and I had to go be at the hospital. And it's very fear. I felt like I had to go with my hands up. Like, I'm not, I have no weapon. <laughs> I'm only here in peace 
Because the minute that I raise my energy, it's almost like a shoot off. There's just a big, will you this, will you that? And it just, it, it gets overwhelming. So just any advice about maintaining, holding the line for my prosperity while still being me and being able to stand by my truth and be an example. Okay, so good. I believe you had a comment. Thank you. Yeah, I have a, I, I guess I have a clarifying question. How often are you with your siblings or your family with your children is that like a once a month you know like I mostly see my my siblings and family can you say that again so I used to watch my four-year-old niece so I used to see them every single day and I kind of had that kind of went badly because I was like she kind of has to follow the rules and they're like no she doesn't and I'm like well so they I don't see them as much because of this but it's been since September that I kind of was, it, everything went sideways. And slowly time is healing and I've been praying in the repentance process and the atonement. But those kind of words aren't something I can use when speaking to them. Like, I've apologized, I've repented for the things that I need to change, but there are some things that I'm not willing to change. And so I have to see them more and more now after not being able to see them for probably like six months, I guess it's been. So hopefully we can see each other more and more because we're pretty close. But there was a fierce, well, we don't want you around if you're going to be, if you, if we can't cuss at you and tell you how we feel, then we don't want you around at all. <laughs> I'm like, there, I guess I, I take silence. So if that makes sense, like I kind of have control over how much and I kind of let the spirit guide that. But at the same time, it's hard to teach my kids to overcome that stuff if there aren't get togethers. So because there's birthdays and my niece just graduated, my grandfather passed away. So there'll be a, a memorial for that and those kind of things that are very emotionally intense. And just being an example of forgiveness and the atonement without being able to use those words. I think I... I had a similar situation where I watched my nephews for several years and, and my brother-in-law and his girlfriend really, they didn't believe in things. But when those kids are at our, at our house, I just said this, these are our family rules. So when we're at our house, this is, this is what is okay and appropriate. And I geared most of the things to those kids. And I know if you've got teenagers, that's harder, but, but when you have younger kids, I think you have more control over that. But there was another, uh, there was an incident too, and they decided not to have me watch their kids any, anymore. And anyway, just, there was a lot of drama with that, but is it more like the, like the language that they use around your kids that you don't, that is inappropriate or how they treat you as uh, less, or they think that you are more or like on a high horse because you are living your religion. All the above. So it's, it's a lot of, so my brother got married when I was graduating from high school. So this has been 19 years. I've been trying to fight this. And this is the first time I've had these kind of tools where I feel like I'm making headway or before I just kind of sometimes got it right. I think I was using the tools accidentally and I was like, Hey, that went really well, but I didn't know why. And I've noticed a lot that Satan will play. You should be scared. This is pointless. There's no reason to maintain a relationship with him. Or his heavenly father, like when my grandfather died, I really had no reason to go be at the hospital. But I prayed and I ended up there anyways. And when I went there, I learned a lot spiritually and it worked. But it's not always that simple. And just understanding that. In my family, I'm pretty much the only person that is active in the church. I have like my dad and my mom and my brother and then all of, you know, the, the cousins and stuff. So I'm pretty much the only one. And it's either don't go at all and they will completely stop talking to you. Like my brother didn't talk to my dad for seven years. And it's just not something it's, I'm not willing to go that far with it and always want to be available. But I also want to say 
and not really just say, no, I'm not a loser. No, it's not. <laughs> you know what I mean? But to just be that example and be able to be there without, because it does hurt my feelings. And I am sad. And it is a really hard thing to do. So I do look weak. And I do look sad. And I do. You know, like if you get kicked in the stomach, you're kind of out of wind. So, so to maintain that my that my testimony is strong and have that grace, I guess. And maybe it's kind of a stretch, but it's something that I know that I need to do. So I'm hoping to get as much advice as I can because I can't so stop talking. They, yeah. So are, yeah. do they do they attack you or do they just say like, yeah, we don't believe that and you believe that? Are they attacking you when you are there with them? I think it's the backhanded, like the behind the back, like, oh my gosh, she's here. And this is what's happening. And then my kids will be playing. And they're like, does she make you go there too? Does she make you do that stuff too? Or, oh, your mom's just overreacting because she's on her high horse of she can't make a mistake or she'll have to go to hell. So I guess it's not really like an attack directly. It's the indirect attacks that has gotten better since my kids are older. Like my daughter got baptized, which was a huge help. If your kids are not baptized yet and they're not eight, my whole world changed when my daughter turned eight. She is, it's helped a lot. The spirit in our home is different. Her reactions are different. Her interactions, it's just helped a lot. But just the, the backhanded, like they yeah. almost are like, you don't have to do that. Your mom's just being ridiculous. Mm. Like, because my brother was raised in the church too. And he thinks it's a wash. Okay, so we have to transition to just giving her feedback now. Otherwise, we're yeah. going to run out of time. So yeah. Go to feedback. Okay, feedback I have. So we just watched The Blind Side. And I don't know if you remember that movie, but she's out to lunch with her friends. And she says this. She says, I don't expect you to believe the way I do, but I and to believe in my decisions, but I do expect you to respect my decisions. And I loved that quote. You don't have to believe the way I do. You don't have to think it's right or wrong. But I would ask that you respect my decisions. And I think I, I think it's, you know, it sounds like you need, it's going to come to, it has come to a point where you have to make a stand and just say, you know, I love you. And this is what I have chosen to do. And you have chosen to do this. And that's your choice. But this is my choice. And these are our children. And I expect you to respect my choice to choose. Thanks. Okay. That is a great movie, Blindside. Mm-hmm. So good. We're going to share some feedback. Yes, definitely. There, There is a that need to be made but I think because it's already a highly tense situation it's one of those choose your battles things when I was growing up my both of my parents are are first generation converts my dad's family has no interest you know we go to family reunions they're swearing they're smoking they're drinking and it really has to be what can you tolerate and what do you need to stand up for now I you know my personal opinion is the backhanded remarks is is a flat out no but but that's also a situation I think where it can't be a reaction it needs to be it can't be a oh well I just heard you say this to my kid and that's not okay because then you're pouring the emotion into all of that and it's just going to blow up it needs at some point there just has to be a sit-down discussion where nothing has actually happened right then and be like you guys, I don't make that kind of remarks about your kids. I don't make it about other people. I don't feel this is an acceptable thing when it's not a, a response to what's going on. I really, I really appreciate the conversation away from the emotion. If that can be accomplished one-on-one, probably wouldn't be good to do. Let's have a council, a whole family council. That probably wouldn't be a great idea, but one-on-one, you know, asking or, you know, hey, could I, could I run some important things by you? They mean a lot to me. And yeah, I just wanted to, wonder if I could talk to you about it, about something really important to me. And I wonder if I could ask you about, and then it's just a one-on-one with that person and saying, yeah, but I do think that, yeah, that 
whole conversation of approaching that arena has to be addressed, but it needs to be addressed in a way that you think, I know these people, I've known them for years, but going into it with a kind of, I'm clear on what I'd like to say. I'm going to confidently arrive, try to say what I'm going to say. And then, yeah. And then I'm I'm just going to be honest and authentic and caring. Then I'm going to, I really can't go in to the conversation expecting an outcome that I want, right? Can't go into the conversation. I hope that I get this result from this conversation can hope for things, but but we also can just think, well, looks like they weren't ready for that yet. Looks like they weren't, that didn't go as well as I'd like it to go, but I feel, I feel peaceful and proud of myself and the way I showed up in a caring way. And we'll try again the next time the spirit tells me, give that a shot, you know? So that's, yes, go for it. That's a hard, hard situation. I'm, I'm sorry that happens when you go to family gatherings. Families are so important. And I remember something the state president told me when my husband was leaving the church. And one thing was no contention, no contention. And and that's been five years. And I just remembered that in my mind when we're, you know, talking or whatever. But one thing I was thinking is when you get home with your kids, maybe you could just ask, how did that make you feel? And go through, you know, the feelings that your kids had when they were there, how that's different in that home than it is in our home. And isn't it nice to come home where we feel the spirit and stuff? And so maybe kind of talk to the kids that way out of this situation because I don't think that you're going to change them I'm I'm I know you're not going to change them you can only change how you do and so and one of John Lund's books he tells about and I do this all the time with my 17 year old son with my mom because she's kind of dementia and it's hard to be with her so when um, she starts doing that I say okay should we start counting how many times we're offended or how many times she asked that question and I'll just pay him 10 cents for every time something unhappy happens. Like um, in John Lund's book, he said the grandmother was very mean to these grandkids, very mean. And they had to go see her. But when they changed it to a game, instead of being being mean to, then, then it was like the one who earned the most negative things got the biggest ice cream cone, you know. So if you can change it in their minds and just show them the differences that the spirit makes. And because I just don't really think you're going to change anybody, but your four walls. And somebody told me that. And I said, oh, yes, I will. But in a long time ago, but but I realized after 20 years, oh, yeah, she was right. I could change what's in my heart and mind. And and then good luck. Good night. I love you. Sorry. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Hello. I would like to share something for me, me for um, the person that asked the question. Yeah. You know, I I am the only member in my family who's active right now, and it's hard. You know, but if you ask me how my relationship is with them, it's awesome. And I think it's also because we don't see each other that much. And you make a thing, oh, that's not good. But they are all all in Peru. And the fact that they are far away, it makes our relationship be stronger. Why? Because we do call every day. We do WhatsApp. We do Zoom. And when we are talking, they know about my beliefs. I mean, they were Mormons before. So that's a little different. But even with my dad, my dad will make jokes that are not appropriate. But it's only like for 10 minutes, half an hour. You know, I can handle that. And my kids write letters to them. And we keep that connection, but not physically, but because like the lady before said, you are not going to change them. You need to put your boundaries and you need to change. So we do go back to Peru and we do family reunions. And of course, it's not pretty, 
but we can handle that because it's only for a few days, it's only for a week, you know? So I don't know. My advice is go, just go apart from them. I know it sounds silly, but go apart physically, but keep connected, keep connected, keep sharing, talk to them in the phone. And it will be easier for them not to swear and not to tell you those bad things if you are not present, I think. I don't know. For me, it's easier. I have a good relationship with them. We talk when we need it, but we are apart. We are not close together. I don't know. I don't know if that helps, but for me, it has helped tremendously. And my kids love my family and they call auntie and aunts and, and grandpa and grandma, abuelita, they call them and they keep in touch but not really. So I don't know. That's my two cents. Thank you. Thanks, Maria. All right. Well, does anyone have a final quick comment? Then we're going to go to real fast. Let's see. I'll just say that I agree um, with in that it would be helpful to prepare your kids as you're going in, not to prepare them to be scared of the situation, but maybe just to help them to see that people don't always act the same as what we, we teach our kids to act or the way that we teach them to act, but we still love them and that we we know that the things they're saying and things that they do aren't really about us. So it doesn't mean that we're bad people because we live our religion or whatever, but they're also not bad. So that when they do go and people say unkind things, they know that's going to happen rather than it being just shocking. So I think that that's good to talk with them with your kids so that they're aware of those things beforehand. And I also do agree with because I live in Florida and most of my family lives in Utah. And I feel like there is a lot of or has been over the years when I used to live in Utah with all of my siblings, there were comments like that, I would get that from my family as well, and critiquing about what how I was being a parent and needing to move because of the job, it did make it easier to separate myself. But I do feel that we're like, I'm closer to some of my family members, because we do just basically converse on the phone. And it isn't like they're not critiquing every little thing I'm doing, because they can't actually see it. So I think it's good to have separation. Although if you need to go to a funeral, you go and that's when you prepare your your kids. So I think there is a balance. And even though they are blood, and we want them to be close to us, if, if they weren't related to you, you'd handle it differently. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with actually purposefully separating yourself from certain situations, and then just focusing on the on the ways that you can help the relationship instead of like having that agitation when you go and you're there physically. So anyway, great comments. Thanks. Will you just share with us? Yeah, just a kind of something that came to your mind that was helpful, because that is a tough one. The spirit testified that I need to keep working on my testimony of the atonement and that I will be blessed to bear my testimony of that as appropriate to my family. But I like the concepts of distance and reevaluating interaction with my family and kind of giving up that day to day, which has been a thing. We we're all pretty close, so it's going to be an adjustment and maybe let that heal some of the things that are broken, as well as helping my kids know the difference between the spirit and what people say and teach them to discern for themselves. So thank you very much. And also know that I'm not alone in this, that other people have trouble with their families. Yeah, you are pretty awesome. I love how loyal you are and how determined you are to try to make things work because you do have influence and you see the value of connection there. I really like that you've separated, you know, just separated what your goal is. My goal is about my family, my kids. That's my goal, right? And that to to just 
be able to spot that and shine light on that. How can I feel inspired? What can I listen for that will assist me to just help my children to make sense of this and also know when like we are entering the zone of everything looks different than what we do here, right? And you're going to hear things that aren't my favorite and maybe aren't yours, but here we go. We're going to, we're entering into that and at whatever level you choose to, you know, immerse yourself into that. But I just love that your motive comes from this place of loving God and fighting for your truth, but also, yeah, defending and protecting your family. It's really beautiful. Thanks for that. Okay, ladies, thanks so much for your help today. So great. I wanted to make sure that you have the right information for the next meeting. So I'm going to let BJ talk. Thank you. We're so glad you're here and and we get that wonderful question. So I did put in the chat the, the link for that meeting, but just so that everyone knows, you can find the link for that meeting, this meeting, Stay by the Tree series at motherswhoknow.org under the support tab. And so, yeah, in fact, right now is a good time to just go find Stay by the Tree dot org and just register it takes 30 seconds and be sure and share that with friends so thank you karen did you want anything else for yeah let me look at it really quick. oh it's mothers you know dot org under the tab that says training and support got it and that's where you'll find the information for warrior mothers you know thank you perfect all right thanks everybody